I was thinking back uh, earlier today to grade school. And uh, in grade school, I was often the new kid. My parents uh, were divorced uh, at that time uh, growing up, and we, we tended to move a lot. So I, I was kind of the, the fat new kid all the time. And you can laugh. And uh, <laughs> I'm over it. It's OK. You know, at a certain point, it's, you're fine. Um, and, uh, and I remember, you know, going out on the playground, you know, for lunch or recess or whatever. You remember those times where, where you get picked or you get chosen for teams? Or we're going to do dodgeball. We used to call it something else, but we can't call it that anymore. We can't even do dodgeball anymore because people get hurt um, or their feelings get hurt. So even the picking of things, you can't, I don't even know if you can do that anymore. But you remember what that's like. I mean, it, it feels good to get picked. Like you hope to get picked for the good team. Now, later on, when I discovered weights and I discovered anaerobic exercise and that when this large body lifts weights, it gets really strong, I figured out that I got picked for better teams, which was very much in my favor. And so I remember uh, playing baseball all through high school and, and, uh, and having a great time in that. But I remember getting picked, you know, for my eighth grade team and then getting picked uh, to start uh, as a freshman on my, on my baseball team uh, in high school and, and all through high school. And, you know, just that, that feeling of being chosen is, it's kind of a good feeling. There's this other, uh, my freshman year of high school, I don't know if I've told you this story yet, but some of you are new, so just humor me. But uh, the end of my freshman year of high school, my theology teacher, Father Doug Lorig, said, I've been thinking about, you know, some of these boys who might have a vocation to the priesthood. And he picked, uh, I think, three or four. And I was one of them. I was like, what? But I, I love this guy so much. I mean, he's such a great priest. Um, and so I was honored. But I was kind of disappointed because now all the girls had built-in excuses why they could turn me down for a date. So that kind of, you know, do you want to go out on a date? You're going to be a priest. I can't. Ah, lasted for like forever, for like three years. But I remember, I remember what an honor it was, though, from him, you know, to be chosen in that way. Um, and it, that continues throughout, throughout our lives, you know. Uh, I was thinking about, too, those of you who have a beloved, you know, you're, uh, you're married and, and, and your beloved chose you, you know, and you chose them. And there's something really special about that, that out of all the other knuckleheads in the world, she chose you, you know, and, and out of all of the other wonderful women in the world, he chose you. And there's something very special about that, you know, and, and you should feel special. It is special. And I was thinking about it in relationship then further on in my priesthood. Um, I don't know why God chose me to be a priest, because I could give him all kinds of great reasons why he should not have. And I, I have a whole group of people who would join me in that. <laughs> but I'm sure that he did choose me. OK, so I, I could probably argue with him about about his reasons, because I don't really know what they are. But I do know he did it. And that, that gives me a certitude and a, well, I don't know, a, a lovingness, a gratitude, a, a peace that 
all of my other failures aside, which it's almost been a year that I've been with you, so you've seen plenty, but you know, all my other failures aside, the, the idea that he chose me is, is, really, is really important to me. And of course, I was thinking about all of this in relationship to the gospel, to the gospel. At the very end, he says, after he talks about, you know, this is my commandment, love one another as I have loved you, remain in me as I remain in you and remain in the Father. And he reminds his disciples, he reminds us, it wasn't you who chose me. I chose you. I chose you. It's God who's the one who moves first. You know, it's God who chose each one of you, each one of us, before we were even created. In the mind of God, he knew us. And then in, at a certain point in time, he chose to create us and bestow upon us all of the many gifts and goodness that he has. This is an incredibly you know, intimate relationship then, that it's God who dotes on us. It's God who is constantly pouring out his love upon us first. The initiative is God's. And then from that, you know, the Lord says tonight, from that love which has been bestowed, he asks us to return that love. Return the love that I've already given. And how do we do that? And he gives us two ways. The first is he says, look, this is how you're going to love me. This is what it means to love me. Keep my commandments. Keep my commandments. Okay. Keep the rules. Well, it's not just about the rules, though. It's about being in this sort of relationship of lovingness. You know, uh, why should we pray? Because we have to, out of obligation. No, not really. I mean, that, that's there. Why do we go to Mass? Because we have to. Our parents made us. Well... But that's not the fullest reason. I mean, the reason we ought to be moved to give back to God is because God has first given to us. You know, it's God who has given his love to us. And so we should be impelled, you know, to give back to him worship, you know, uh, worship, uh, you know, following his other commandments about ultimately how we are to treat one another. Right? That we are to love one another as he has loved us. So that we become people of love. And if we become people of love, all of those other commandments, the, the thou shall nots, get kept. Because a person who is, if you will, graduated to, to really becoming a loving person will keep all of the commandments sort of automatically. Because they're all wrapped up in love of God and love of neighbor. The second way of loving he, he gives and shows us and shows his disciples is sacrificial love. Okay, so the first thing is keeping the commandments as a, as a sign of appreciation and gratitude and of returning love. But then the, the next way of loving is how he loved on the cross. Sacrificial love. He was willing to die for us to forgive our sins. He was willing to give everything for us so that we could be free. And what he asks us to do is to, to model him, you know, to, to put other people before ourselves. And it, this can be a tricky thing because I, we, we can be so self-deceiving when, when oftentimes we think we're being charitable or we think that we're, we're, we're actually doing something for, for other people. We're actually, actually, 
doing things for ourselves more than we're actually giving away. I like that word, actually. The, in other words, sometimes we can enter into sort of charitable activity, not necessarily giving of money, but just the love of another person, but we're doing it for ourselves, for how we might look, or for just how we might feel afterward. I, you know, if I'm doing it merely for what I get out of it, it's still the self. It's still the focus on the self. But true, and, and this is kind of the, sort of the theology word for it, true self-donation, true giving of the self, giving away of the self, does not really have reference to who we are. It's all focused on the other person. Think of, think of without getting too theological here, you know, think of a mother with a baby. I mean, this is one of the most intimate relationships that, that we can know, or a father with a baby. I mean, a baby can do nothing for itself. You know, well, it poops for itself, but you know, when it kind of eats, but it's not conscious of really what it, it just does what it does. But it can't really take care of itself, right? If only babies could change their own diapers. I've never changed a diaper in my life. This is why I'm a priest. Um, but you know, a mother or a father taking care of this little baby, it, and, and the baby cries when you don't want it to, and it keeps crying. I mean, I've heard. <laughs> and, you know, that the mother and father have to be so self-giving, or the grandparents, you know, or et cetera, have to be so self-giving and put the needs of that individual first. You can't think about yourself. It's a wonderful example of really how God calls us to be with each other, to, to sort of forget ourselves and to put the other before before us, before our own needs. So it's in these two ways that we become the people whom Jesus wants us to be. That loving him in return by keeping those commandments and then loving one another sacrificially as he has loved us. Please stand.